Welcome to the Alcohol Freedom Podcast, where we are bringing you a modern and judgment-free conversation about how we relate to our drinking habits. I'm Michelle Kapler, and you've got episode 20. Hi, friend. Thanks for being here. Today, we're going to talk about urges, specifically urges to drink, but this can be applied to any habit that you want to change that you might have an urge to do. I want to start by sharing something from my own life first. Lately, I've been purposely experimenting and looking to expose myself to situations that might have been triggers for me in the past, that might have been times when I would actually want to drink. And the reason for this is because I just don't think about alcohol all that much anymore. In most situations in my life, it doesn't even occur to me that I could have a drink in that moment. And this is really different than it used to be for me. I used to be a person who drinks every day. I was a person who added alcohol to almost every occasion. I was a person who felt the need to drink anytime I felt any kind of negative emotion, stress, anxiety, or discomfort. I used to be a person who thought about drinking all the time. And now it rarely crosses my mind. And besides doing this work in changing my brain and my thoughts, there are situational reasons for this too, such as it's COVID and we simply don't socialize in the way that we used to. This holiday season and the previous one have been more about staying home and being cozy and sheltering in place rather than attending events or parties or family gatherings. So the booze just isn't there. And secondly, I've engineered my life intentionally in a way that's deeply in alignment with my values. At least I'm mostly trending in that direction. And most of these things simply have nothing to do with drinking anymore. I don't really hang out with the people that I would drink heavily with. I don't participate in things that commonly have booze on the side. Just by way of wanting to live a life in integrity with the person I am and want to become, it just really isn't a thing anymore. And lastly, When I stopped drinking, and this was nearly two years ago now, I, at the time, had a very different thought about my habit than I do now. And at the time, I really believed that I needed to make sure that I wasn't around alcohol so I couldn't be, quote, tempted. I really believed that my husband couldn't drink around me. And by the way, there's a whole episode on needing people to behave a certain way in order to be able to do what you want to do. And I highly recommend listening to it. It's episode nine and it's called, What About Your Spouse? And I'll put it in the show notes. So because I used to think differently about being around alcohol, I just set things up very differently so I just wouldn't be exposed to it all the time. So with this in mind, and because I'm always looking to expand and evolve and reevaluate how I'm living, I've been looking for ways to flex this muscle of allowing my urges for alcohol to come up and be in my body. I've been intentionally exposing myself to, quote, tempting situations. And I'm going to elaborate on this a little bit. So for example, my husband and I aren't really New Year's Eve people. We've been together for 10 years, and I think we've stayed up until midnight once, and it was certainly before we had kids. We always stay home, and this was even before COVID, and what we do is we just make something really delicious to eat, we talk about the year we just had and the year to come, and then we're usually in bed at the normal time. 
But for us, and especially me, cooking amazing food and enjoying a good bottle of wine in each other's company was one of my favorite things to do with my husband. Our love for cooking and wine were how we bonded when we first met and how we fell in love, cooking for each other, enjoying drinks together. And New Year's Eve has always been an occasion when we just go all out with the dinner and the drinks. We used to do fresh chucked oysters and gin martinis. We would do steak in Bordeaux and always something really delicious for dessert. And since quitting drinking, I have asked, I've respectfully requested that we just don't include alcohol with our meals anymore. I felt that it might be too painful. I might be too tempted to resist a drink with dinner. And since it was such a well-worn habit for me, and my husband has been totally on board to honor that. So we have practiced leaning into the pleasure and joy of enjoying a deliciously crafted meal without needing to add the alcohol. And it's been working well. I don't even think about wine with my steak anymore. It just doesn't come up in my mind. So in line with my recent desire for expansion, well, my consistent desire for expansion, but I decided that it might be an interesting experiment to have wine at the table during our dinner on New Year's Eve this year. Not for me to drink, but for him to enjoy with his dinner. I decided ahead of time that I would like to try this, and so I let him know that he's welcome to grab a bottle if we wanted to. I was so curious to see what would happen in my mind if he was enjoying wine with a perfectly cooked steak that we just made together, and I wanted to know if I would experience an urge to drink. And I will tell you, I did. Several rounds of urges, actually. For me, an urge to drink feels like tightness in my gut and in my chest. It feels like anxiety and constriction. And I remember that the first few sips of wine would kind of melt away the tension in my body. It would soothe the anxiety, at least temporarily. So on New Year's Eve this year, we sat down to dinner and he didn't even bring the bottle of wine to the table and pour it in front of me. He was so kind to fill his glass in his office, which is where we have agreed to keep his stash of alcohol in the house. And he just brought the glass of wine to the table. And as soon as I saw this lovely dinner paired with this lovely glass of red wine, my old familiar feeling of an urge came right into my body almost immediately. There was tightness in my chest. There was a flutter of anxiety in my belly. That old familiar thought that my brain would offer me that maybe it would be okay to just have one and it wouldn't do any harm. In the past, this particular thought was always the one that led me to have the drink. Even if I had decided ahead of time not to drink, it was always this one that convinced me to have one anyway. Our brains are really sneaky. They know exactly which thoughts to offer us that will lead us to take the action to get that hit of dopamine. They're very efficient. They know exactly what works. And yes, that was the exact old thought that my brain immediately offered me. And the urge immediately came up on my body. And for a moment, I actually panicked a little. My nervous system went into fight or flight mode. And then I remembered that this is exactly what I had been wondering about in doing this experiment. This is the exact feeling that I was curious about intentionally exploring. I had actually engineered and willingly participated in the circumstance where I knew that my brain would offer me these thoughts, which would lead to an urge to drink. And then After I realized that, I was finally able to remember all of this work that I had been doing over the last two years. I'd been cultivating this skill of knowing that an urge to drink is simply a sensation in my body, and I didn't have to fear it, and I didn't have to act on it, and I didn't have to make it go away. I just had to let it be there. 
So in that moment, I took a deep breath and focused inward. And I asked myself what I was actually feeling. Anxiety, tension, and desire. And none of those feelings could actually harm me. And as soon as I acknowledged and allowed those feelings just to be in my body, it was amazing how quickly they subsided and eased and disappeared. And from there, I was able to just enjoy my dinner with my husband's company. And I would notice his glass of wine from time to time. And the urge would come back briefly, and then it would pass. And I had this opportunity to remind myself that I wasn't going to die if I didn't have a drink which is actually the message that our lower brain is sending us neurochemically when we have these urges. That if we don't ingest the substance, that we're actually going to die. But during this dinner, I was able to collect evidence that it was not, in fact, the case that my life was threatened. So today I want to talk about urges. And the urge is ultimately the feeling that we embrace when we are doing the work to change our drinking habits. We talk about urge work. So, what is an urge? An urge is essentially a feeling that arises in our bodies when we are thinking about drinking. And those thoughts can be really anything. For me, it was always something like, that was a hard day, I need to relax, I'm stressed out, I need a drink, I deserve a drink, it's almost 5pm and I can pour the wine, we're having fish tonight, which wine would go well with that? And there may be a whole other list of thoughts that happen in your mind, that cause an urge to drink in your body. And from there, the urge is a feeling that compels us to take some sort of action. And in this context, it's ingesting alcohol. Our actions always come from a feeling in our bodies. It goes like this. It goes, our thoughts cause our feelings and our feelings drive our actions. And that's how the cycle goes every time. And this is a really important concept to wrap our mind around while we're doing this work that the presence of alcohol doesn't actually make us do anything. Seeing a glass of wine on the table across from you isn't what causes the urge to drink. The alcohol itself doesn't make you feel anything. It's just liquid in a glass and it just sits there. It's when you have a thought about it. That's what creates the urge, which leads us to drinking, even when we say we aren't going to. And this may be a bit of an odd concept to wrap your head around at first, but it's actually quite empowering if you think about it. Because what it means is that you're not at the mercy of the outside world. Things that are outside of your control, people saying things, having alcohol around, events happening in the world, are not actually what cause our urges to reach for the bottle. It's our thoughts about it all. And the good news is that we actually get to decide what we think and how we think. And we are in complete control of that. And I'm not saying it's easy to do this work. We are essentially looking to override our very well-worn neural pathways. We have to go against the habits that are formed by our primitive brain, which is the opposite of leaning into discomfort. Our very human primitive brains tell us to get comfortable as soon as possible And in fact, fairly urgently. A lot of the time, our thoughts about drinking are so well practiced that they begin to seem like fact. They seem like obvious reality. The neural pathways that are formed when we create these thinking, feeling, and acting cycles that lead to drinking each time, they're strong and they're habitual. Which is why 
I had the same thought and feeling come up on New Year's Eve, even though I've been at this for two years. But because I've developed the skill of allowing these urges to be in my body, it didn't lead to feeling distressed. I didn't feel fear. And it didn't lead to me drinking the wine on the table. It was uncomfortable for a few moments, of course, and then it passed. Next week, I'm going to do an episode on a concept called the urge jar, which is a technique that I use with my clients to rewire their brain around their drinking habits. So do make sure that you subscribe on your podcast player to have next week's episode sent to you the minute it comes out. And if you're ready to take this work to the next level, you'll want to sign up for my seven-day alcohol freedom experiment, where we're going to learn all about doing urge work. You can head on over to michellecapler.com and scroll all the way to the bottom of the homepage to sign up today. You can start anytime. I'm going to be back next week with another episode. And until then, you've got this, my friend. <laughs>